Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. There are perhaps no days of our childhood we lived so fully as those we spent with a favorite book. Marcel Proust. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and today I'm joined by bookshelf staffer and online sales coordinator Lucy Stoltzfus. Lucy's son Gabriel just celebrated his first birthday, so we thought it would be a good time to check in on his reading tastes and see what books are his current favorites. Hi, Lucy. Hello. Gabriel's upstairs napping, but he would say, gaga. (laughs) We have gotten, I don't know if I told you this, but we have gotten requests for this because about, gosh, I was trying, I should have done the math. Was it, I guess it would have been 18 months ago. You came on the podcast, maybe it was a year ago, and talked about Gabriel's favorite books. Maybe it was a year ago. Gabriel's a little bit older now. And so specifically one of our customers emailed and she was like, I listened to the podcast and I liked Lucy's picks, but I really want to know what Gabriel's favorites are. (laughs) Well, I was like, okay, good news. Gabriel has opinions now. (laughs) Okay. I think she was assuming that would be the case. So today we are going to do a deep dive into Sweet Gabriel's brain and we're going to talk about his favorite books and you're kind of going to guide us through that. So let's get started. Okay. I hate to start this way because I have just been looking this up and we actually cannot get any of these books from our distributor. We might be able to get some of them from our used book distributor. But anyway, his very favorite books are by two New Zealand authors. And this is because I am from New Zealand. I was born there. And so he's been reading my old books, like they say in the front cover. This book belongs to Lucy Church. Sweet. Um, And it's Margaret Mayhew, who she, I think, had a well-known book, uh, picture book here, maybe, oh, I don't know, six or seven years ago called Down the Back of the Chair. But she has a ton of books that are published in New Zealand. And then Lindley Dodd is the other one. And she writes Harry McClary, which... Oh, I've heard of those. Yeah, I think I got an email from somebody who said, actually, I've read, you know, the Lindley Dodd, the Harry McClary books to my um, children. So I think they're available um, a little bit more readily in America. But he just loves Harry McClary. I, I should have begun by telling you that this kid could read for like most of the day. I, he so wakes sleep. up. He has a little snack. And then he just goes to his book corner and just pulls everything down and then brings me books one at a time um, for just, I mean, like 30 minutes, 40 minutes. He's just, he loves reading. And does he like to be read too, or does he like to kind of flip through the little pages himself? What's his style these days? He He does both. So the Harry McClary books have like a little bit more writing. So Mm -hmm. he doesn't interact with those. Like I, and they're the ones that I have are um, paperback. So I just read them to him, but he Mm -hmm. is also a huge fan of lift the flap, touch and feel. And this brings me to my next point, which is he is jam jam obsessed. (laughs) 
the Jam Jam books. <laughs> Please talk to me about the Jam Jam books. I, these, are the, these are the instrumental ones, right? Yes. So okay. Jam Jam books are baby's first Mozart or baby's first Beethoven or like more broadly, they'll go with a theme, baby's first ballet, baby's first opera, which by the way, opera was his favorite and the battery is dead. Oh, I no. To, I know. I had to get I had to get new batteries for him. Um, I will say the illustrations are cute. Mm-hmm. They try to put stories with them and the writing is not the best, but mm-hmm. there's a little button to press on each page and it has like a, I don't know, 30 second audio clip of a legitimate piece of music, um, usually classical. And it's like, it's not a MIDI. It's like an actual orchestra playing. And so anyway, he just will sit for honestly hours out of the day reading these books over and over again. I think when I called you, because I called you last week and I think Gabriel was in the background because I could hear classical music. And I think that's the book he was reading was oh yeah because it felt like what we will sometimes hear because we do carry these at the bookshelf. In fact, did we start carrying them with you or with Kate? Do you remember? I think we had them when I came. Okay. I think this, yeah, we have this weird habit at the bookshelf of hiring musicologists. (laughs) So uh, Kate, I'm pretty sure somebody reached out to us, the the guy from Jam Jam Books. And Kate was the person who kind of brought them into the store. But we do sell a lot of them. And I recognize some of the music because of those books. And I am pretty sure that is what Gabriel was chilling out with when I had to call you last week and it was adorable. Absolutely. If I was trying to get like have a work meeting on the phone, then yes, he was reading those books (laughs) because that is what will keep him entertained. I bought like six of those books right before I left for maternity leave. And I felt Mm kind of bad about it because they're not the world's cheapest board right. books because they have the, you know, music in them. Um, and so I bought six all at once because we had just restocked. And I was like, what if I, if I don't buy the Vivaldi now, yeah. <laughs> I'll never get it. Um, yeah. And so I did. And then he couldn't have cared less until <laughs> like he turned, I don't know, 11 and a half months was when he was starting to be interested. Okay. Now he's obsessed. So I have been vindicated in my own opinion of myself for having (laughs) purchased them all. (laughs) What is your favorite Jam Jam book and what is Gabriel's favorite? Is Gabriel's favorite the opera one? Gabriel's Gabriel's favorite is the opera for sure. In fact, yesterday I was playing him opera just on my phone and I played the Queen of the Night aria, which he has almost like the Jam Jam book has almost brought him to tears. Especially playing the the Queen of the Night aria. Anyway, it starts out different in the real recording, and then it gets to the clip from the book, and he totally perked up. Oh, and he, he recognized it. Spe- yeah, he recognized it, and he looked at the speaker, and he does he dances to these books. Oh, I yes. just, it's too cute. <laughs> um, I wish you guys could all see a video <laughs> I have of him. Yes, the opera is his favorite. I think my favorite is either the ballet. Or the mm-hmm. Carnival of the Animals one. I really like. Oh, that's fun. Now, I want to know if like some sweet random grandma is listening to this and her daughter and her little grandson 
and her daughter's not a musicologist. Do you think these are still, don't you think kids will still like them no matter what because of the music part? Oh, for sure. It's, I mean, Gabriel likes all kinds of books that make noises. Usually mm-hmm. he prefers the animal noises ones, yeah. um, but he, he has others that make noises. So he likes the noises aspect of it. I think people will also like the classical music because they're all classic pieces. So they'll recognize, almost all of them you'll recognize. It's like Moonlight Sonata or, you know, just pieces that are in the popular imagination, I guess. Zach and I were just saying the other day, like, why don't cartoons use classical music anymore like Bugs Bunny used to? Yeah. Because I feel like if I played Bugs Bunny now, I would probably be offended by some of the lessons or themes. <laughs> I'm like, I need a modern sensibility cartoon, yeah. but with classical music as the background. Yeah, absolutely. I also want to know, this is a question I feel like I should be asking. I think I know the answer for the first books you mentioned because they were yours as a child. But to me, all my friends who have kids, they will talk about, oh, like this book is really cute and I like it. Like I feel like it's hard to find a book that won't drive you nuts because you have to keep you have to keep reading them over and over again. And so do these books kind of stand up to that test? Like do you still enjoy these books? <laughs> I haven't gotten sick of them. Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple of others that I haven't gotten sick of and they don't have music and I'm ready to tell you about them. Okay. Um, and I, this really, I have been put to the test because Gabriel will do like, he'll pick it when we're done, he'll pick it up out of my hand and put it back into my hand. So, (laughs) and this is almost every book and it's, I mean, people are listening to this. They're like, yeah, we know that's what happens with every child, but (laughs) it's like six or seven times in a row sometimes. So you really have to like it. There's one that I was super surprised about because it is an Eric Carl book that I had never heard of before. I was gifted it and it's called The Greedy Python. And I think it might be like an early book. It's got, it's still got his same um, illustration style and the, but the text is by somebody else, Richard, I think Buckley. Mm -hmm. Um, and the text is like a poem that my, it reminds me of something that my dad would write. My dad used to write us little witty poems, like rhyming (laughs) poems growing up about like a blizzard and a lizard, that sort of thing, like (laughs) silly stuff. And the greedy Python is just like that. It's about this Python who is like so hungry that he eats all these different animals. And then he is so full that he, he coughs them up again. But then he's, <laughs> once his stomach is empty, he realizes he's still hungry. So he, he thinks his tail is another animal. So he eats his, oh. the end of his tail and then he disappears. <laughs> like it's very silly. And the text is very like well-written. It has a great cadence, a great rhyme scheme. I can read that over and over again. And Gabriel loves it. Okay. Um, that sounds fun. I've not heard of that one. Yeah, the Greedy Python. The other one is Mo Willems, who did mm-hmm. um, the P- Pigeon Needs a Bath. That yes. sort of thing. Um, and this one is called Nanette's Baguette. Have you heard of this one? Oh, yes. Because Okay. Because one time we did do this for a story time and we got a baguette from Publix. And that was our story time craft was just children eating this baguette. <laughs> like. I love it. <laughs> it was very fun. Yeah. Uh, please tell us Man, about it. Do you remember when 
back in the days when like store what we would do for a story time craft was a really big concern. Yeah. <laughs> yes. To be honest, I miss story time so much, but the stress of that craft and no the longer craft. having every week, like Friday afternoon being like, oh no, have not picked the craft. And my mom, I think is the person who we chose Nanette baguette and my mom was like what are we supposed to make make with this just go to Publix and get some bread for these children <laughs> like that was her answer <laughs> and I I didn't disagree <laughs> yeah and then I'm sure everyone was happy yeah who wouldn't be and the issue too <laughs> the issue too with um those story time crafts is you could have zero children sometimes and sometimes you could have like 25 children yeah <laughs> It was truly, if you are a Christian or religious person, it was truly a five loaves and two fishes situation every Saturday. <laughs> it was like, oh, we have enough craft supplies. Because you're right, some, and like, what would often happen is the weeks we had plenty, like two children would show up. And then the weeks that we were like barely scraping by is when like people just kept coming in by the droves. I do miss, oh, I miss story time so very much. But there was like an angst and a stress to that component for sure. Mm -hmm. I miss the particular children that would always come in. Yeah. Our little regulars. The ones that we know and love. Yes. Um, But Nanette's baguette. Nanette's baguette is super cute. The storyline is, you know, Nanette's mom entrusts her with the responsibility to go get the baguette from the bakery. And she does, but she accidentally eats the whole thing on the way home and then she feels really guilty about it and then she tells her mom and her mom's like okay let's reset and then they go and get another baguette but then her mom eats the whole thing um (laughs) but it is very cutely written because almost every line includes a rhyme or ends with a rhyme for Nanette so Mm. it's like Nanette baguette jet reset Tibet like you're just <laughs> so it's just fun it it feels fun in the mouth yeah fun to read so but that is one though it's a little bit longer yeah um so like three times and then i'm hiding <laughs> it in the house yes. somewhere yeah cuz it's a, correct me if i'm wrong but because we did it for story time it at least the one we had on the shelves is like a regular picture book like it's not it, it's not a board book is it it's not in board book i have it in paperback yeah. okay yeah, so it's a bit it's a bit longer than like a board book. Yes. Movie. Okay. Two really popular board books recently that Gabriel and I love um, for the messages are the Mister mm-hmm. Rogers board books. Oh my gosh, these are so sweet. The um, it's you I like and won't you be my neighbor? Mm. I mean, we all know <laughs> and love Mister Rogers. I just I know. <laughs> like years late on this train but i just watched that do- documentary oh that documentary will break you in half it'll just yes. it'll just break you but you're also like where is the next one we need a new mr yeah. rogers yeah and i i don't know i feel like somebody i feel like i saw somebody on the internet trying to answer that question <laughs> Like trying to ask, wait, who is it? And I cannot remember who the popular culture said because I'm pretty sure we don't, I don't know that we have one. I don't know. No. And he was so protective of the children, you know, like he was so upset by them being taught things that were not helpful to them. I just, the children need protecting. Um, (laughs) So those, those board books are super, super, super cute. 
And then I did see this. This is not out yet, but I will absolutely add it to the pre-order page. There's a new Sesame Street board book coming out. It's actually, you know, it was published previously in hardcover, but it's we're different, we're the same. Um, oh so yeah, that's coming out in board book in March. Um, and then another super cute one that's coming out is called Goodnight Veggies, where oh my gosh. Yeah, the veggies all get put to sleep, you know, which is very helpful in our eating endeavors. Gabriel is pretty adventurous, but also like fickle. So uh-huh. one day he'll love broccoli, the next day he won't like broccoli. We're just trying okay. to stick with it, continue serving it to him, and hopefully one day he'll like it. But I feel like that book, Goodnight Veggies, is going to be like a good way of. Uh, I was going to say, at least make those familiar. Exactly. Familiar. Would a book about vegetables in their underwear help Gabriel like vegetables? Because there was a very cute book that I think was called, we'll have to put in the show notes. I think it was called Vegetables Wear Underpants or Vegetables in Underwear. Anyway, it was very cute. And I'm pretty sure it started as a, as a picture book. And then the publisher, I think, got wise and realized, oh, like little babies think this is hilarious because the bright colors, like it was very colorfully illustrated. And I'm pretty sure it's in board book now. I thought it was just called Vegetables in Underwear. It was just as silly as you can imagine. Like I think the cover was a picture of broccoli in underwear. I would love that. Whenever I read about children's books about vegetables I always think about the scene in Elf do you remember where like they (laughs) are pitching all the different book ideas but they're all about like anthropomorphized vegetables Um, and the one guy is like a tribe of asparagus children who are (laughs) self-conscious about the way their pee smells (laughs) it's so funny because sometimes when we read children's books I do think what focus group helped create this like (laughs) (laughs) What group of people sat around a table and wrote this? Uh, Because some children's literature is better than others, for sure. (laughs) Uh, Along the same lines as Mr. Rogers, there's a newish one, maybe came out in 2020, The One, Two, Threes of Thankfulness. I think it's by the same person as the ABCs of... uh, ABCs of Kindness? I can't remember. Kindness, I think. Kindness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That one is very, very cute. One, two, threes of thankfulness. I really like the, it's obviously like a numbers book, but the words that go along with the numbers are very sweet. I do have a little section of religious baby books. Gabriel loves the Ellie Holcomb books. Um, I'm glad to hear that. Don't forget to remember. Yeah. Those are cute. I give those at a lot of baby showers. I really do. He loves them. He loves the illustrations. There's not too many words. Um, I enjoy reading them. And then he really likes at the end to um, he'll just hold it and look at the cover, which is like pretty detailed. Like it's got all yeah. the animals and kids on it. So he really likes to look at the, the covers of those. Those are really sweet. That's that new kind of board book. Well, newish. That's like padded. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. So he really likes those. When I Pray for You, the Matthew Turner book. Yeah, that is about to come out in in board book, that or just get in board book. I yeah. think so. That one is very very sweet. And then anything that Sally Lloyd Jones does, she mm-hmm. um, is the woman who did the Jesus Storybook Bible, and just got Gabriel was just baptized a couple weeks ago, and I got him a gift for his mm-hmm. baptism, which he <laughs> obviously doesn't 
know about <laughs> that I've given him this gift. But anyway, I'll write in it. I need to write in it and say, you know, from mom on your birthday or on your baptism day. But it's a version of Psalm 23. It's called Found, I think. And it's oh. so sweet. The illustrations are so sweet. Oh, that does sound sweet. We carry the Ellie Holcomb books, which I did wonder. So I've given those as gifts. And when I give them, I always um, like write in the card or tell the mom like, hey, you might be interested to know that like these are Spotify albums. Like, I mean, you can you might still be able to buy the album, but I had trouble with that. Like when I gifted them to my sister-in-law, I gifted a CD with it. Um, But I as a grown up love those songs so much. Like I feel very moved by them. (laughs) Oh my gosh, they're so good. I don't know if we should explain in case you don't know, but she when when she released each of these books, she released like a it's like six songs per per book um that are based on the theme of the book, but also one of the songs is like almost exactly the words of the book. Yeah. Um they're so sweet and cute and genuinely good music. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you'd be able to buy it on CD anymore, but yes, it's available like on iTunes or Spotify. Um, and then the last book that I have been kind of surprised that he likes because it doesn't have a rhyme scheme or I, I don't know. It's to me, it's more of like an adulty kind of baby book, <laughs> but The Snowy Day, he yes. has been bringing oh. to me all the time. He'll bring it to me and he'll want to read it. Um, I mean, we have tons of snow up here in Pennsylvania, so I just think he, he just really likes the the colors are pretty and yeah. bright. I think that helps too. So that's one of Gabriel's favorites, which is, a, you know, obviously a classic. Well, that's what I wondered because I think sometimes we get customers in and I, and because I think customers typically are moms or grandmas. And so they want to buy classic uh, board books and we always think that's great, but we also typically have like new, I'm using air quotes, but like new classics that we would recommend like drafts can't dance or something like that to try to kind of move beyond maybe good night moon or something. But I do like hearing that Gabriel does like because snowy day is a classic to me. And it's one I wouldn't know off the top of my head that like a kid would like it to me sounds like one a grandma would pick out. And that's no, that's not being dismissive of grandmothers. But it's just I would think, oh, that's a classic one. But I don't know if kids like it. But I like knowing that it's Gabriel approved. Yes, I don't think he would have had any interest in it. Like until recently. I think maybe there was just too many words and not enough like excitement maybe for him before. He's gone through a lot of different phases of what he will like. Um, And so he's just really loved it in the past month or so. He also like in terms of classic books, anything with a baby's face, like a real picture of a baby's face at 12 months, babies are going to love. So for sure, you know, there's books that have like – my first emotions or whatever. Um, And I just did, I just made him a, his own personalized board book with our faces of all of our, his family members and stuff. So that's really, I I also have Fern in the book, my dog. (laughs) So he gets really excited when he sees Fern. And then my, um, my really good friend's baby, Annie, wonderful name um she her picture is on there and every time he sees it he's like Ugh. he's like gets so excited. 
Oh, that's that. so fun. I think we forget, like I, as somebody who does not yet have children, but gifts a lot of, like a lot of my friends have kids. And so I gift board books or picture books or baby books all the time. But some of those books with like the baby faces, I'm always hesitant to gift because to me, they're less cute. Isn't that, that's so, that sounds like a bookseller, but like, <laughs> like to me, I'm like, oh, this isn't quite as cute. So I don't want to gift it. But over and over again, I hear what you're saying, which is, but it's first of all important for for little babies to see baby faces. That's why they do those books with little mirror and stuff like that. And I think kids really do like them. So it's important for their development. And I think they're just really fun. So I have to keep that in mind when I'm buying books that just because I don't think the cover is aesthetically pleasing doesn't mean a child won't love it. Right. Right. And I also suffered from that before I had the baby. And now I know Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) when I'm reading them, like I have two different experiences. I have my pre- pre-baby bookseller life and now my real, real reading to the baby life, which has been just like honestly so wonderful and just fun and exciting to see him learn to love to read. It's just the best. Yeah. Do you think Gabriel likes to, because you and Zach are both readers, you read different kinds of things, but you both are readers. Does he, do you think, notice that about you? Like I, that's one of the things when I used to give little talks to the mops group in town, like I would encourage moms to keep reading themselves because I think kids pay attention to that. Like I, my mom always says that she wasn't much of a reader until she was about 40, but as her child, I don't find that to be true. I saw her reading all the time. She didn't read a ton of fiction before she was 40. Um, but she read a lot of like parenting books. She, I remember my mom constantly having a book in her hand and I can't help but think that that certainly influenced me and my brother because both of our parents are, are readers. Yes. I have thought about that a lot because I think it was in the how to raise a reader, um, Mm -hmm. book that you gifted me was like, it's important to you know, lead with your actions. And if they see you enjoying books, then they will also. That feels like something more for either my husband or the future, because if Gabriel is around, I am not going to be relaxing and reading. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Motherhood can make that difficult. (laughs) So there's a lot. You just have to constantly be saving them from themselves. Themselves. (laughs) He's always trying to injure himself. So So you're on high alert. Not quite lounging. Not reading. Uh, okay. Well, I loved kind of hearing, and I think customers will like knowing like what Gabriel approves of. I would like, I do have a follow-up question, I think from our conversation a year ago, which is one of the things we sell a lot in the store are these little, and I don't, I'm asking you this unprompted. You didn't know I was asking you this. So your answer will be honest for the audience. But we sell a lot of those like indestructible books that are truly indestructible. And I think we talked about them on the podcast a year ago. And I just wondered, did those, are those something that Gabriel picks up or like that you keep in your shoulder, uh, stroller bag or whatever? I hear, I mostly hear yes from customers, but I'm wondering if that's true for you guys. Yes, we have two, I think. They're perfect for the car. I I started following a a woman on Instagram who talks about car safety and she was like, anything hard is a projectile. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I better get everything out of my car, which it's true. I'm laughing, but it is true. It's, you know, a safety hazard. So 
He now has a soft-sided water bottle and soft toys, and then the indestructibles are perfect for for that. Okay. Okay. Good. That was my question because we sell a lot of those and we typically suggest it like as an add-on for a baby shower gift or something like that because they're so they're, they're pretty deep. inexpensive. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They're great. That's a perfect thing to add. Yep. Okay, good. Um, okay. Well, tell um, Gabriel, thank you for his expertise. We're really <laughs> grateful to have a bookshelf baby to ask these questions of. I absolutely will. And it will bolster his already quite vibrant um, sense of self. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Lucy. Um, I always love chatting with you and I love um, hearing your insight. So thank you for coming on the show today. I had a blast. Thank you. From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in South Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at bookshelfteville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, www.bookshelfthomasville.com. A full transcript of today's episode can be found at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com. Special thanks to Dylan and his team at Studio D Production for the transcript, for sound and editing, and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. This week, I'm reading Cow Baby by Morgan Jerkins. Lucy, what are you reading? I'm reading Love and Fury by Samantha Silva. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, tell us by leaving a review on iTunes, or if you're so inclined, support us on Patreon, where you can hear our staff's weekly New Release Tuesday conversations, read full book reviews in our monthly Shelf Life newsletter, follow along as Hunter and I conquer a classic, and receive free media mail shipping on all your online book orders. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We are so grateful for you and we look forward to meeting back here next week.